Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Hey, it's great to be back with you folks today. Uh, Stephanie, what an honor it is to have you with us this morning. And uh, uh, how are you today? Rejoicing in the Lord. We are rejoicing in the Lord here, and we're rejoicing uh, with the Lord and uh, to the Lord by having this opportunity to come to you. As you remember, we're in the book of Philippians, and we're in chapter 2 of the book of Philippians. We're actually in chapter 2, verse number 5, and we finished with that verse, and we're still kind of there. So we want to continue on. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus and uh, the glorious one. And the mind of the glorious one is what we want to call this 102nd podcast, the mind of the glorious one. Having that mind, folks, think about that. Somehow equating that to us. So let this mind be in you. And I, you say, Brother Doug, you already read that to us. I know, but I'm thinking as I'm reading this, this is what's coming to my mind. Here's a guy handcuffed and shackled to another dude in a jail cell, uh, and his life's upside down, and he's writing a letter, and he's and God is inspiring him to write his word. He's certainly not having a good time. You want to talk about a guy who needs a chiropractor, Stephanie? No kidding. Uh, probably, probably a guy who needs some physical therapy, and mm-hmm. he could probably use some good old-fashioned Advil and things. But here he is talking about God and talking about how our lives should represent or how our mind should look like his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started talking about things early on in uh, chapter 2. We started talking about having consolation for Christ or, or being consoled by him. And it, we came right out of the chute with that whole idea of consolation and, and, uh, and, and God helping us and, and bringing us to a place and, and, and the distress that's going on. You know, there's a lot going on around Paul, but he's talking about being consoled. And, and, and there in verse 2, it says, fulfill ye my joy. Um, so he's saying, you know, God is our comforter. He comes to us there with that consolation. Mm -hmm. He takes care of us. And I guess, I guess my thought is right here is who is your consolation coming from? As if you're listening to this today, where do you find your comfort? How are you consoled? How are you uh, brought to that next place? How are you uh, given those different things? I think that's what's coming to my mind here. And and, and, and it goes on. And I, I, I stopped and we kind of grabbed a hold of that idea of fulfill ye my joy. And where is your joy coming from? And uh, I, I want to ask that to you listening today. I know that uh, many out there have hurting hearts, that many out there are working with people with hurting hearts. And, and, and folks, I'll tell you, the hardest thing you'll ever go through, the, the toughest thing you'll ever work through when you're hurting, when times are bad, when God doesn't make sense, when things are out of control, when things don't seem to be going in a direction that's godly, is finding your joy. And you can look into a lot of places for joy. I mean, I read the other day in, in, uh, uh, in the newspaper here, locally online, and it was talking about that alcoholism is higher than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that drug abuse is higher than it's ever been before. Uh, prostitution higher than it's ever been before. Well, where do you find your comfort? Where do you find your joy? You will not find joy in any of these worldly things. You will yeah. not find joy in sin. Mm-hmm. It's shallow, man. It's, there's nothing there for you. It's not going to work. And yeah. you're not going to find joy in your own self. You know, you can work as hard. You can work 20 hours a day. You can point to the new car you drive. You can do all the, those are all fleeting. 
Where does your joy come from? And, and, and then he goes on there in verse 2 and it talks about being like-minded, having the same love, one accord. And then let nothing be done through strife or vain glory we covered. None of that pride stuff. And, you know, I think pride is at the basis of about 70% of all sins. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And I know we can have sin in our heart. We can not trust God the way we should and things like that. But I think those sins that are overt, those, you know, we're trying to look better, do things, this vain glory and strife, that's straight up pride. Yeah. Vain glory and strife is just straight up pride. And then the Lord told us, we talked about this yesterday, to have a lowliness of mind to esteem others above ourselves, not matter who they are, just to esteem them, put them in a position higher than you, make them your number one, and then look not every man unto his own things, uh, but every man also on the things of others. And and boy, put others in that place. And here we are back here in five. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. And I mean, we have terrible times. We have times when things go and, and uh, you're, we're all very aware of Stephanie's situation, where she came from, uh, the eight children, her husband being gunned down uh, by a single gunman there. And, uh, and, and I guess, you know, where does your joy come from in the midst of those things, and how do you find it? Well, your joy comes from the Lord, because ultimately, ultimately the Lord's the only one who gives us the strength and the stability we need when life is falling apart. Yeah. And, you know, life can fall apart in different ways for different people, and what may seem to you to not be life falling apart may, for another pe- person, be their entire world crashing around them. And um, that's where the compassion of Christ comes into play of just um, looking at people as he looks at people and having that heart of compassion and love for others. But our joy and strength will be found in something. Yeah. And um, I think of the wise man and the foolish man that Jesus talked in Matthew about in Matthew 7 where you had... You know, the foolish man who was building his house on on the sand where, you know, the wrong wave comes along and that foundation's gone. You're wiped out. Your life's flat. Versus a wise man who builds his life on the foundation of God and who he is and his unchangeables. And the fact that God's promises are steadfast and true. And God never is going to fail us. His promises are not going to fail us. And does that mean life? always goes perfect no being in two accidents in less than two years does not feel very perfect right now yeah (laughs) but god has purposes that he's wanting to accomplish through both yeah of those things and that's where joy comes in because joy isn't a feeling joy is a decision of the heart because it's coming from who god is not because of who we are yeah who are you getting your joy from i mean that's still going to be the main question I think on everybody's mind that's listening to this today, you know, who do you get your joy from? Where's that joy coming from? And mm-hmm. because there's going to be times, you know, you you can never, uh, you don't live in a vacuum. You can't get joy within yourself. And, you know, there's an emptiness that only God can fill in every one of us. There's an emptiness uh, that, you know, people try to fill it with alcohol, Stephanie. They try to fill it with lasciviousness. They try to fill it with drugs. They try to fill it with relationships and material things. And and all those things didn't matter one bit in that that street in Cameroon, did it? Nope. Nope. I remember when we were getting ready to evacuate and I said to Ben, what do we grab? What do we take? And nothing really mattered. When the rubber met the road, as long as I got my eight kids, 
and the paperwork we had to have, yeah. that's all that mattered. And I've had people even say, now, you, will you ever get any of your stuff back? And it's like, no, what's left over there? No, I'll probably never see again, and I'm totally fine with that. You know, yeah. it's, it's, that's, not, that's not what defines me is my stuff. What defines me is who I am, what my relationship with God is and who God sees me as. That's who defines me. And I think that's a lot a lot of the reason why our world is in so much, you know, why you have so many people hurting because with COVID, <coughs> with, Excuse you me. know, things having been so changed, you know, their routine defined who they were, their job yeah. description, their position, their activities, their, you know, and if you're what somebody... awards they were going to win yeah. at the fair or, or um, just their daily lives. That's who defined who they were. And suddenly that's all taken away from them. Yeah. And they're left with me and my Bible. What do I do with that? Or quiet. You know, people have gone nuts because life is too quiet and yeah. too much. And, you know, God says, be still and know who I am. And there's wow. power in that because that's where joy and contentment come from is knowing who Jesus is and and you, owning and, and allowing your mind. Yes, I was gonna say your mind you have to let your mind sometimes our mind has to be healed or our mind has to be retrained. Yeah. And this is a command. Let this mind be in you. This is not something that's just going to happen. It's not gonna evolve. This is a decision of obedience to let Christ's mind control us to let it literally when I think of let this mind be in you it's if he like Paul saying let God do a transplant let him transplant let him replace your fleshly mind your worldly mind your burdened mind you know you may not purposely you know your mind may be troubled and it may not be because of you it may not be your fault but no matter what you've been through you have to choose to let God do that spiritual transplant yeah. of putting his mind in place of yours. Amen. And, and, and you know, that's it. That, uh, folks, I'll tell you what, we could all go home for the rest of the week now. And uh, because if we can grasp that. But you know what? God just doesn't leave us there saying, let this mind be in you. God just doesn't mm-hmm. leave us hanging. He, yep. he, he doesn't rely on, on, on Doug and Stephanie here to take you to a place. He then goes to verse six and seven, and I'm going to read both of those. And I I really want to emphasize what's going on here. In verse six, it says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And you know, as I read that, so he was in the form of God, thought it not robbery, but then I think seven was important too. So I wanted to go to seven, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. So here we are here saying, well, nobody could ever do this. Wait a minute. Well, if God was 100% God Mm -hmm. and 100% man, he's been there. Yeah. So if we really believe what the word of God says, that he made of himself no reputation. I mean, he could have uh, done what, you know, he could have fragged the multitudes. He could have uh, made trees grow and fall over and whatever. He could have. Uh, you know, he could have called down 10,000 angels as we've heard the song sing. We, uh, he could have, he could have done multiple, multiple things to have reputation. And you know, that's what the Jews were looking for. Honestly, yes. uh, a couple thousand yeah. years ago, they were looking for a God to come down in all his glory and all his magnificent and certainly not to ride a, a, a mule and, uh, uh, a donkey and, and, you know, but God, 
but God had a different view of things, and he came in and took the form of a servant, so he would be like us. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think as we read those things, so in 6, we're told that who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God in 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Now, why is that important to us, Stephanie? Why is we're looking for God's mind? Why is we're struggling through this world? Why is that verse important to us right there? Our natural tendency as human beings, and there's nothing, you know, we're all the same. (laughs) Yeah. At the root, we're all the same. And our natural tendency is to be concerned most with what others think of us. And for... I know for me that's something I have struggled with majorly in the past is letting that define me of yeah. what others thought of me, what their, where I was on their worth scale is what defined me. And the Lord did it, had to do a great work in my heart um, of reaching a point where that didn't matter. Um, and it's, yes, we want to maintain a testimony. Our, our lives to, are to bring honor and glory to the Lord. But there's a difference between being concerned about bringing honor and glory to the Lord and being concerned about our reputation. That's right. And, and you know, God could have, and he didn't. Some people wrongly say, like, you know, Christ completely emptied himself Mm-mm. of anything God. Christ never, yeah. Christ is always God. You can't change that. No. He's, uh, you know, the omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing, omniscient uh uh, omnipresent. He was, he's, yeah, he he's was fully God, fully man. Fully 100% yep. God, fully 100% man. And the reason this all comes together, like Stephanie said, and I, I think she said something that's pertinent here to everybody listening. And especially I see women worried more about the way they look and the way they feel uh, much more than men. You know, I, I've met ugly men who really think they're like good looking and stuff, you know, and they, <laughs> they have no clue. And, I, you know, and sometimes I have to share the numeric system yes, with them, you know. Yes. So Stephanie will tell you, I have a way of uh, helping people. When I'm fixing them up, I'll tell a guy, you know, like you're a, you're a five out of 10. And, you know, if you look for a woman and she's a seven, you're going up to, you know, do it as quickly as humanly possible. If she'll go out with you or whatever. But anyway, isn't that, isn't that a shame? But I did share that with you, didn't you I? You did. Yeah. Did. So there's a numerical system we live by. It's sad, but it's true. But God has a, you know, it is. But we... Uh, but God can break that down because I've seen some real ugly dudes married to some real good-looking women, you know, or real ugly women married to some real good-looking dudes. So, so with God, anything is possible. But I, I guess the point what I'm t- what I'm saying, and before I tried to joke and it didn't go anywhere. Uh, well, because point- I was thinking something, you would have told me to stop it. So, I just decided not to answer, so I didn't laugh. Oh man! And see, I was looking for the laugh to have. Unordinary, <laughs> less than ordinary humor here. But anyway, or more than, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But this is called brain scramble moment. Yeah, yeah. So we slammed our heads when getting rear-ended in the car. But anyway, this is what I'm coming back to here. And I think I think there's a significance that everybody needs to stop and think about here is it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. And I don't know, you say, how do we get there from Philippians 2? Uh, because we, we got to have the mind of Christ. In the mind of Christ is a different level of this stuff. It's like, listen, you know, do, do I comb my hair? Do I take a shower? Do I brush my teeth? Of course you do. Uh, you know, do I wear a shirt that fits or do I let my belly button hang out? Well, you know, that stuff is, 
you know, we don't really have to talk about that, do we, Stephanie? Exactly. You know, if, if your clothes are so tight, you can uh, see what was formerly your uh, six-pack there in your stomach area. You got problems. All right. But anyway, uh, I'm just saying the significance <laughs> here is when your mind's like Christ, you don't look at people on how they look. Yeah. You don't look at people on how they act. You look at people as being uh, sheep. Yeah. And that you have a responsibility with those sheep. And you have a responsibility even with yourself. And folks, I'm not preaching this feel good, that you can make yourself forgive yourself, that you can make yourself all better. That's not what we're talking about here. Uh, God forgives you and he'll make you all better. And once God forgives you, get over it because he's already forgiven you. And you, and you either believe God's word or you don't. But what God's saying here is to have a mind like him, to be able to do this thing, you got to understand that Christ was made in the likeness of man. Man, Christ was there with you in, in verse number seven. He's been there. He was 100% God. He was 100% man. And he knows what it's like to walk on the face of this earth. He knows what it's like to be a human being. He knows those types of things. He's, he's lived them. He's part of them. And, and uh, I think there's consolation in that. Remember that verse that talked about consolation? Verse number one of mm -hmm. chapter two here. I think you find consolation in knowing that. And I'm going to go to verse eight and we're going to, we're going to wrap up with that today. But it says, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And folks, big letters, circle with your magic marker, make a note, write this on your visor there, get a sticky, put it on your uh, uh, dashboard so you can read this verse over and over again. Being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. So he humbled himself. That's something he chose to do. Yeah. That's something he said, you know what? I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to do, uh, and you know, the old children's hymn. I, I, I looked this up and it says, for such a cruel death he died, he cast out and crucified. Those loving hands that did such good, they nailed them to the cross of wood. So folks, so important here, being fashioned being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death. And friends, I got to tell you something today. We need to humble ourselves and we need to be obedient unto the death of this world. That's just the reality of it. We want to live in this world, Stephanie. We want to live with uh, the best things. We want to look better than anyone else. But all the scriptures just completely 180 from what they teach in every college probably in America. Uh, every non-Christian college, probably completely 180 where they teach in high school, be the best, do the best, make the right decisions, step out, trust these things, do these things. And, uh, and God said, hold on, humble yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, your Savior was made obedient unto death. And what does him being obedient unto death do for you, Stephanie? Well, him being obedient unto death gave me salvation. It gave me the hope to yeah. live every day. Yeah. You know, the hope to get through day, the day. But I think it's it's interesting to me that obedient to the death of the cross is the last. It's You see like a progression um, in verse 7 and 8 of the first thing Jesus was willing to do was make himself of no reputation. Yeah. And because he reached that, because he made that decision, then he took upon him the form of a servant. And because he did those two things, he was... You know, as he did those two things, he was made in the likeness of men. You know, these are all things Jesus, who was God. I mean, when you think about the fact, this is the God who spoke the world into the into existence. This is the God who holds the stars in space. This is the God who can take 
things, you know, can take dirt and make a man. I mean, it's that's just... That's right, over Genesis 1. Yeah. He, he was willing to come and model for us what he wants us to be. Yeah. And that's what this is about, is Jesus didn't just say, be like me. He set the example. And, and you know what? I think there, I think everything said here, I really believe that the... You know that that what the drag is the practical what we're supposed to get out of this is is we're supposed to get out of this to humble yourself, be obedient in what God has you here on earth. And there's going to come a time where we're going to cross over. If the Lord doesn't come back with a shout and a trump, we're going to be required to pass over to the other side. Stephanie, we're going to be required to to leave this world. And and you know what the Bible says that we pass from death unto life. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but that idea of passing from death unto life. You know, Charles Wesco, your husband, passed from death, having to worry about or know that he was going to die on this earth unto life and, and life more abundant and life in heaven that we can't even fathom. So, friends, let me just tell you this as we wrap up today. Humble yourself. Trust God. Uh, you know, he, he made himself as a man with no reputation for you. He died on the cross for you, for me, for all yeah. of us. Uh, this is real. So somewhere, find your consolation, find your joy, find all your good stuff, find everything in that. And then from that, as you study the Word of God, realize that the, the mission, that the protocol, that the next move, the next step, the thing that's going to change everything, the thing that's going to change everything is when you humble yourself. Folks, we sure do love you. We hope this podcast was a blessing to you today. You bless us by listening to it. Uh, We sure do love you. May God bless you. And we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. So we got this excellent opportunity. uh, Stephanie and I wanted to tell you about as we're finishing this 102nd podcast, a dear friend of both Stephanie and I, uh, Liberty, Liberty is going to be sharing uh, three podcasts in a row about her experiences on a foreign mission field in Cameroon with Stephanie Wesco. So you don't want to miss the next three days. So what do you think about that, Stephanie? I'm excited. I'm excited for people to get the chance to know Liberty a little bit and um, just hear her perspective that I honestly haven't heard. So this is is new ground for me too, and I'm praying the Lord can use it to really help and encourage people. So this is all new. You don't want to miss it. It's never been said before publicly. I've heard little bits and pieces. Her mom and dad have probably heard the whole load. But uh, the rest of us have not. This is from Liberty, the nanny's perspective in Cameroon and what causes stressors. And I think it's a good point on what we see with PTSD. But we love you folks. So don't miss the next three, 103, 104, and 105 podcast or Liberty. And you don't want to miss them. And you don't want to miss her story. But hey, we love you folks. Pray for us. We're praying for you. We look forward to talking to you all real soon. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.